Well, good morning, church. I want to start today by just sharing our thinking or what we'll call our roadmap to back, getting back to some form of gatherings. As you know, we made a commitment to see the case numbers in our city really begin to decline. In other words, we wanted to get well past the peak and see the numbers coming down before we started resuming gatherings again. That balanced with the fact that things have moved on in this phase of living with Omicron for the foreseeable future. And really it is a balancing act as many people in the church and we're hearing of many people on our team are really starting to catch Omicron now and, and get stuck at home. So we're balancing all these things in our decision making. But as a leadership team, we've decided that we wanna plan for May the 1st to be when we open all our gatherings again in all three of our physical locations. Whatever the guidelines are at that point, we will follow them obviously as we've done right throughout this pandemic. But we, we feel ready to begin to plan again that the church will be able to gather in all three of our physical locations. It gives us time, as I said, to get well past the peak. It gives us time to re-engage the team and to get ready to go after the school holidays. So May the 1st, everybody say May the 1st, we are back unless something else happens that messes up our plans. And we know, don't we, by now that there could well be something else that messes up our plans, but we want to have a plan to gather again and to open up again. So we're gonna go for May the 1st. However, we also didn't want Easter to go past without having an opportunity for those who can gather in some capacity to actually gather. So here's the details for Easter. Easter Sunday will remain online. We're gonna put some cool work into making that an awesome engagement moment together. However, on Good Friday, we are planning for a reflective service of some type, hopefully with communion and a chance for those who feel ready to come out, to come out. So look for more details about what Easter or Good Friday on Easter means, and obviously May the 1st. Well, this last seven months, it would be fair to say, has not been that easy. Wouldn't be a stretch to say it's been challenging. It's been polarizing and divisive in the church and across our nation and the wider community as well. It hasn't been easy for anybody in any position of leadership or decision-making. It has seen many different views, feelings expressed, and some of those feelings and some of those views expressed very strongly. But I wanna thank you, Life Church, for your incredible patience, your support, your love for Ange and I and the rest of the team, and overall, that most of us have kept our witness of Christ central in our lives. So I wanna thank you, I wanna honour you. I love you, church. Put May the 1st in your diary so we can gather again under whatever restrictions we find ourselves in at the time. The awesome thing about this season as pastor of the church, and I know this will be true for you also, is if you have eyes to see, without a doubt, God himself is at work in our planet. He's at work in our nation. He's at work in our churches and he's at work in our personal lives. God is in control even when we might feel like there's no control. In adverse circumstances as God's children, we can see and know that God works good into every season. In fact, we know the Bible says that God is a good, good Father. He is a good God. Everything He does for us is good. And so God is able and does work good in and through every season we find ourselves in. Romans 8, 28, 
great verse. It says, And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love Him and have been called according to His purpose. The purpose of God in our lives can often be realised in actual fact in our pain or in adverse circumstances as much as it can be in blessing. Because the the passage says God works all things, that's all things, both good and not so good for our good. He works all things together for the good of those who love Him and accord according to His purpose. But I think if we're not careful, we can miss God's purpose to work good into our lives because it comes wrapped in challenge and perhaps we expected it to come wrapped in blessings. The purpose of God in the midst of our pain can bring growth into our lives. It can increase our resilience and our reliance on Him to lead us to greater levels of realisation of the depths of God's love for us. Ephesians 17, the second part of that verse through to verse 19 says, and I pray, this is Paul the Apostle, and I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to all the measure of all the fullness of God. Paul prays that the church here in Ephesus would be able to alongside all of God's holy people grasp, grasp how much God loves them in a season like we're in right now. My prayer, like Paul's prayer, is that we would be able to grasp, even in the midst of adverse circumstances and challenging times and difficult situations and frustration and disappointment and struggle, we would be able to grasp how high, how deep, how wide is the love of Christ for us. God loves you and He loves you with all His heart and I pray that we can grasp it Again, when God turns a situation in your life around, this is my experience, and He brings something beautiful out of what appeared to be a disaster, you recognise in ever-increasing measure how deeply God is engaged in your life and how much He loves you. Isn't that where your faith started? When the Holy Spirit illuminated your need of a Saviour? You realised how much God loves you because He sent Jesus to die an incredibly horrific death upon the cross. So he took your punishment, my punishment upon himself and you recognised this God of all creation loves me. How much does God love me? How much does God love you that he sent his one and only son? And the other side of this is that God loves you too much to waste an opportunity to show up in your pain. And in the midst of our pain, sometimes we can feel isolated and alone, and we wonder what on earth is going on. I'm telling you now, God is present in your pain as much as He is in the blessing. He's the God of the valley, and He's also the God of the mountaintop. He's the God that walks with you in the challenge, and He's the God that's with you in the highs of your life. He never wastes a moment to show up in our lives and in the midst of pain, even in the midst of pain or challenge, we can see the purpose of God. It is God who can make a way for you within His purpose, even in the midst of major challenges. But if we're not careful, we could miss God's purpose. I've already said this because we're looking for it to come wrapped with different packaging. We're looking for the purpose of God to come wrapped in blessing or wrapped in opportunity or wrapped in outcomes, not necessarily wrapped in challenge 
or in pain. In my own life, I've discovered more of the purpose of God for me in adverse circumstances, in the journey through the valley than I ever have on the mountaintop experience. I've found in the difficult challenges of life that I tend to focus in more on God. It's like there's a desperation. God, I need you to show up. God, I need you right now in my life. And something about those adverse circumstances drive me deeper into a relationship with God, hungry for His presence, hungry for an answer to come from heaven. There's something about the valley. There's something about the challenges of life that drive me closer to God. And I know His presence to be with me. I'm aware of my need of Him. My encouragement to you is if you're going through challenges, don't run from God in the midst of challenges of life, but run to Him because you might just find His purpose uncovered in the midst of your pain. He is able to work all things together, all things together for the good of those who love Him and according to His purpose. When I was a teenager, and some of you will remember back to when I was a teenager and I first showed up to church, it's fair to say, and you've heard me say this over the years, my life was pretty messy. Through a number of factors, both external and also internal, I was suicidal, I was broken, and I was deeply hurting. And my deepest desire at that time as a 15, 16, 17-year-old was that my life would end and my life would be over. Every day was a fight to survive through depression and deep anxiety, disappointment and hatred and self-loathing. When I gave my life to Jesus, all of that disappeared in an instant. No, it didn't. That's not my testimony. That's not my story. What happened was the love of the Father appeared instantly and the master of making a way through the challenges showed up in my life. In other words, Jesus was now present. He didn't take away all of the circumstances, but he showed up now right in the midst of them. What I encountered at the start was the love of the Father and then Jesus, the way maker, was now present in my life. In fact, I think you'll see a photo come up on your screen of me at 17. And uh, it'll be a shocking photo. You may not even recognise that it's me because I'm twice the man I, I was uh, then now. So uh, enjoy that photo. That was me and Ange at 17. The photo is of us going off to her school formal. These were the days where I first encountered Jesus. My life didn't increase and get better in a moment, but man, the way maker was present. The one who could make this first 17 years of my life turn out for good according to not Carl's purpose, but according to his purpose was now present in my every day. The fight back began because Jesus had now given me hope for a better day. I feel there are some amens in rooms out there. You're saying, I know what it is to fight back thanks to Jesus. I know what it is to have lived uh, through adverse circumstances and, and, and terrible stuff in my past. But then Jesus, the way maker, turned up in my life and hope was now present. My circumstances didn't necessarily disappear, but Jesus was here and he gave me hope for a better day. If I sum it all up very quickly, what I am doing today as senior pastor of Life Church came out of that journey of recovery, repentance, and the resetting of my identity. I found Jesus as a teenager, and I wanted many others to have the opportunity to know Him for themselves. I wanted them to have the hope that I had. And this 26, nearly 27 years of faith journey has been me watching God bring good out of the pain of my past as well as bring good out of the blessings of me being a child of God. 
Faith was a journey. But in the midst of it, I learnt resilience. I wasn't gonna quit on God because God had literally saved my life. The moment Jesus entered my world, I knew I'd be a lifelong follower of Him. I would never quit on God because of what God had done for me. I also wouldn't quit on people because if God can do it for me, and I want you to hear this today, then God can do it for you. And God can do it for anyone. So I'm not gonna quit on anybody if God can turn my life around take what was my brokenness and my mess and turn it around and use it for good, then He can do it for anyone and He can do it for you. And if you're sitting listening to me today and you're saying, Carl, you don't know my past. Well, hey, I've got a past. We all do to some measure. And God is the God who can bring good out of your past. He's the one that can work all things together for good according to His purpose because He has a purpose for your life and He is the one that can make a way. He is the way maker. So if you're going through something challenging today, and in a lot of ways, we're all going through a challenging season here together with the pandemic over the last few years. We don't thank God for the circumstances, but we thank God that He can work all things together for good and bring good out of our circumstances. That means out of this pandemic, though God didn't send the pandemic, He is able to work all things together for our good. Why? Because we love Him and we've been called according to His purposes. Perhaps the grace of God is that His purpose and some of our greatest outcomes are disguised in the pain that we're facing. We don't like it. In fact, oftentimes when God's purpose shows up in pain, we complain to God. We want God to take it away. We say, God, change my circumstances. Take this challenge away because we fail to see that God's purpose is being outworked in our lives, for me, I look back, I go, God worked resilience into my life so that one day I could stand strong in my faith with a conviction and a love for Jesus. He didn't waste anything, but I was praying, God, take it away. But actually God was saying, I'm working in the midst of your challenges. We see it with Paul the Apostle. Paul the Apostle said, Lord, there's this thorn in my flesh. I want you to remove it if it's your will. And God speaks to him and says, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is perfected in your weakness. God is present in our pain. He's present in our weakness and His outcomes and His purpose can be discovered through the challenges of our life. God's purposes are bigger than my personal needs or my desired plan. And man, it's a growth moment in your faith when you recognise that it's not about my plan, it's not about my desired outcomes, it's not about my preferences, it's actually all about the purpose of of God. He's bigger than my needs. He's bigger than my preference. He's a God with a purpose who wants to reach every person on planet earth with the truth of his son, Jesus. That's the purpose of God, that none shall perish. That is bigger than my preference. That is bigger than my plans. That is bigger than my desired outcomes. God's purpose is the most important thing. And if we church have to walk through some pain as the corporate church, and we have to walk through some difficulty, that's okay if the purpose of God is being executed in the, in the world. That is absolutely the desire of God's heart that none should perish. We don't always like it, but I've learned that in the challenges that matures our faith and it stretches and tests our trust in God because God's purposes are bigger than our needs and plan. The Bible says man lays plans in his heart, but it's God who determines his path. I love that. God doesn't say you can't have plans. He says, go ahead and have plans, but I am going to determine the outcome of your path. I love that. That takes the pressure off me. I can plan, but man, I just want God's outcomes 
in my life. That's true for you. That's true for the church here locally. And it's true for the church across the planet. God, you determine our path. That's his purpose being more important than my plan. And my pain and your pain can be a blessing in disguise. In 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 16 and 18, and you've heard this many times before, this is Paul the Apostle, he writes this, Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Perhaps this is why Paul the Apostle proclaimed himself to be the chief among all sinners. He was radically saved with this incredible encounter with Jesus. Jesus arrests his heart. And Paul the Apostle is able to say here, rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances. If you're walking through something challenging right now, thank God for His purpose in the middle of your pain. You don't have to thank Him for the pain, but you can thank Him for His purpose that's being outworked through your life because God wastes no opportunity to show up in our situations. He didn't send the pain but he does not waste our pain. My experience is that he is at work within whatever it is that you are facing. If you're in the mountaintop right now, God bless you. God is present with you in the midst of blessing. But if you're in the challenges of life, you feel like you're in the pit of life and life is difficult. And I know for some of you, life is challenging right now. Things are difficult right now. Things aren't how you want them to be. God is also present with you right now in the midst of of your challenges. And Paul says, doesn't he? Rejoice always. Remind your circumstances that it, these circumstances, you're not gonna rob me of my joy regardless of how bad it gets because my joy is, is not in better circumstances. It's in the Lord of hope and the hope that I possess. Pray continually. What is that doing? That's inviting God's purpose and His outcomes into the midst of your pain. Don't just pray that your pain ends although that is also a prayer to be prayed. But pray and invite God's outcomes. God, if I've got to walk through this, then I want this to end in your purpose. I want this to have an outcome that reaches somebody in, in their life, that touches their heart, that brings them to a place of knowing Jesus. If I've got to walk through these challenges, then God, I want your purposes and your outcomes in my life. His purpose and the good He has planned is on the other side of this. Give thanks in all circumstances. We talk about this a lot here at Life Church. Don't thank God for your circumstances, but for what He's able to do with your circumstances. And thank God beyond all else that He is able to make a way for you in the midst of it all. He can turn your disappointments into incredible growth and trust in Him. If you're in a season that feels distant from God, maybe you feel dry spiritually. How cool is this? You know that God is able to bring living waters out of the desert. He's able to make the barren land fruitful again. So we thank God. God, you can cause rivers of living water to flow again. You can bring me alive spiritually again. You can bring fruitfulness out of what feels barren. In other words, you may not have been engaged in the mission of God for a long time, but if you'll turn back to Him, He is able to say, hey, what has been barren, I can make fruitful again through your life. God is able to make a way. If you're battling with anger today, know that God can turn your anger over a situation into a passion to fight for others' freedoms. God is able to make a way. He made a way for the Israelites in the wilderness. God's the one who parted the Red Sea and orchestrated their escape out of captivity in Egypt. Moses is the person who led the people out of captivity in Egypt. 
But here's the interesting thing about this story we find in Exodus. God led them to the Red Sea where he could show his power and his love for them by the miracle of the parting of the Red Sea for them. Now it's interesting that God led the Israelites the long way to freedom, knowing that if they'd gone the quicker way, which was to go through the, the roads that led through the Philistine country, it would end, though it would be quicker, it would end in war and many of the Israelites would want to go back to Egypt. God knew the hearts of his people, so he led them the long way around. It appeared a crazy way out of captivity. If you're one of the Israelites, you would be, why are we going the long way? The circumstances of their travel would have seemed absurd, but God knew what was best for them. God knows what's best even if the circumstances in your life might seem absurd. Trust God. He may be about to part the Red Sea in your life. Why? Because God is the one who can and does make a way in our lives. In the desert, when they're in the wilderness, God made a way for provision with manna from heaven. The circumstances of the desert would have been intimidating. How on earth will we survive this? It's called God's provision. God's provision would show up each day. He made a way for them. He made a way for the widow to have sufficient oil to make bread and to make more than she could have needed, which would free her sons from her late husband's debt that the sons now had inherited and they owed. So God made a way for generational pain to be healed and for another generation to be free. Again, it was his provision through this widow's obedience to the word of Elijah. And now the debt the boys had inherited from their father was to be forgiven. God made a way. He made a way for a blind man to see because the blind man was loud. You know Bartimaeus, he wants his moment with Jesus and the crowd are shushing him, but he calls out to Jesus. He wants a moment with Jesus. Boldness is a gift from God. A man's friends tore a hole in a roof. Do you know this story? They take their lame friend, they climb up on a roof, they tear a hole in the roof and they lower their lame friend to the feet of Jesus. Why is that? Because they knew Jesus was the way maker. If we can just get him to the feet of Jesus, he can be healed because Jesus is the one who can make a way. A woman with the issue of bleeding for 12 years had faith in Jesus that if I can just reach out and touch his garment in faith, I will be healed. Cool story, she touches Jesus and she's healed. Why? Because Jesus is the way maker. Daniel escapes the lion's den from his obedience to trust God in the face of certain death. We see God's purpose was wrapped in the pain of a death sentence for Daniel. Daniel's posture and proclamation was even if God chooses not to save us today, we will not bow down and worship your gods. This tells us don't give up. Even when you're facing the most severe of situations, it is a chance for God to show up in your pain. But even if he doesn't, you will worship him anyway. Why? Because you know that he has already given you the greatest miracle you could ever ask for, the miracle of salvation. And because of that fact alone, he is always worthy of our worship. Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego escaped the fiery furnace. God showed up. The thief on the cross who lived his whole life for himself, in a moment before his, his death was forgiven, forgiven right at the end of his life and he enters eternity, teaching us that it's never too late to humble ourselves 
and accept Jesus Christ as our personal Lord and Saviour. Jesus makes a way. He's done it many times before and he'll do it again and again and again. And if he's done it for them, he'll do it for you. If he's done it for Carl, he can do it for you. He makes a way, even in the midst of what seems insurmountable trouble, God shows up in the midst of our pain and God executes his purpose through our lives, regardless of what you're facing. Even if what you're walking through is self-inflicted, he still makes a way in your circumstances. You know, I talk about the pain of my past, often things that happened to me. And there are a lot of situations where things happened to me that weren't my, in my control, but there are also a lot of things I chose. There are a lot of self-inflicted pain. There was a lot of self-destruction behavior going on. I chose some pretty terrible lifestyles for myself before I was saved. Even if your pain is self-inflicted, Jesus can still make a way. He made a way for you to know and for me to know forgiveness, grace, and mercy, and the love of the Father despite your failings, despite what you've done wrong, despite how much you might think you've stuffed this up, despite how bad it might have been. We have, the Bible says, for we have all sinned and we all fall short of the glory of God. We all need to know the saving grace of Jesus Christ in our life and he has made a way for you. Jesus is the way maker. Even through this pandemic time that we're in where there seems to be so much devastation, so much challenge for so many, what we know is that for the church and for God's people, he can and will work all things together for the good of those who love him and accord according to his purpose. And I want to encourage you in this today. Regardless of what you feel is going on and how tough this time is, Know that God is at work. Like that brings so much hope into my heart, joy into my heart, knowing that I might not see it all, I might not understand it, heck, I don't understand it all. But what I do know is that God turns up in every season, in every circumstance, and He is at work in our planet right now. He is at work in your, your family's lives who don't know Jesus. He is at work in communities. He's at work in people's hearts all over the world. God is up to stuff. And we trust that even in the midst of difficult times, God shows up and His purposes may just be coming wrapped in our pain. Our part team is don't quit. Don't quit during the challenge because the way maker is at work. Don't stop trusting God and don't stop inviting his purpose, his outcomes into the midst of your plans and the midst of our difficulty. Don't stop inviting him amidst it all. Come on, we invite God's outcomes into our lives. We invite God's outcomes into our families. Man, I want God's outcomes in my family. I want God's purposes in my family. And if that means at times we've got to walk through some challenges to write our perspective, to bring us back to a place of submission and worship and obedience, if we have to walk through that, I'd rather that because I want to walk in the purposes of God and I want my children to walk in the purposes of God. If our church has to go through some shaking or that church across the planet has to go through a great time of shaking and God is at work, we need God's purposes to be realigned and refined back into our hearts. Come on, we invite God back into the midst of it all. God loves you. You're hearing that this morning. God loves you and God loves me. And God's pattern and what the cross shows us is God has always got a plan for his people's deliverance. Jesus is the ultimate proof and we need no more proof, although scripture is full of it, that God's love for his world is seen and experienced in deliverance. In the, letter, the letters of the prophet Jeremiah, we see a picture of King Nebuchadnezzar. 
He'd led God's people into exile in Babylon where they would be for 70 years. And we see a pattern where in the midst of Israel's challenging exile, God has a plan for deliverance to possession through giving His people a renewed promise. Jeremiah 29, verse 10 to 14. This is what the Lord says. This is the prophet Jeremiah. When 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will come to you and fulfill my good promise to bring you back to this place. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you. My plans are not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and plans to give you a future. Then you will call on me and you'll come to me and pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and you'll find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord. And I will bring you back from captivity. I will gather you from all the nations and all the places where I have banished you, declares the Lord. And I will bring you back to the place from which I carried you into exile. There's a key in the midst of trials. Anytime we feel like we're in the midst of bondage, we're bound, we're captive, is to seek the Lord with all your heart. If you find yourself today in the midst of any trial, either external or internal, or more likely both. Know today that Jesus is the way maker. He can work it together for good. Don't quit, but turn to Him. Rejoice always, pray continually, and give thanks in all circumstances. God is with you. And Jeremiah says, when you pray to me, when you seek me with all your heart, the promise, you will find me. Guys, in the midst of this challenging time, let's seek God with all our hearts, knowing that even in the adverse circumstances, we will find Him when we search for Him. God is with you, and God is for you, and God is in you. He loves you, and nothing in God is wasted. Pursue Him, pursue Him in captivity, and trust Him to deliver you into possession through His promise. I'm believing as we come back out, of this current season where we've been locked down and we haven't been gathering as the church now since I think around end of January was the last time we had a limited service. That as we come back out, that we're gonna see the purposes of God in the midst of what we've walked through on our lives. I, I believe there'll be a renewed passion in our hearts to worship Jesus. I believe there'll be a new passion to simply say yes to his purposes beyond our comfort, beyond our, our own planning. That if, if that was one of the outcomes of this pandemic time was that we realized that our comfort's not always gonna be there. Our, our preferences, our desires, our plans won't always be executed. The most important thing is the purposes of God. And I feel there'll be a renewed passion in people to go, God, have your way in the world. The world needs you more than ever. And where we've been distracted by other things, I feel like God will bring us back to come on. It's about the purposes of God to reach every person on planet earth with the truth of who Jesus is. Let's pursue him with all our hearts and trust Him like we've never trusted Him before. Let's pray together. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we thank You today that You are the way maker. Lord, it is You in our lives who is able to make a way. Whatever it is that people are facing, today we invite You, Lord, into our circumstances and all that we're facing. We say, Lord, have Your way in us, we say, Lord, come, have your way, way maker. Make a way, even where there seems to be no way. And we look at our circumstances and we look at our situations and we think, Lord, I don't, I don't see how this is gonna work out for my good. Help us to trust you. 
that you are able to make your way. You are able to do immeasurably more than we could ever ask, think, or even imagine. You are the God who has the answer. And you are able to work all things together for the good of those who love you and are called according to your purpose. And I just pray in the midst of all the challenges that we're facing, that you would elevate your purpose again in our hearts. Your purpose, not our preference. Your purpose, not our plans. We say yes, Lord, to your purpose. Have your way. Help us to see your purpose even in the midst of our pain and difficulties because you are the God of deliverance. And that is your pattern. And we thank you that despite what we are facing in this world, you have already secured our ultimate deliverance into eternity. That's the ultimate possession of the most incredible promise that we receive through the new covenant with Jesus. And we thank You that You've secured that for us and we can have peace and we can have hope and we can have joy despite the circumstances because Your promise we find in Jesus. But we thank You today that You are at work in our world even in the midst of the most incredibly difficult and challenging time. A time of huge disruption across the whole planet and every sector of society. This great disruption opens a way for your purpose to be fulfilled in the earth. We thank you that we know that your heart is that none shall perish and we wanna do our part within your purpose. So we simply say, Lord, if we're walking through pain, we're walking through challenge or we're in blessing right now, we just say yes to your purposes. We thank you, Lord, that you show up in the midst of it all. So Holy Spirit, those right now who are walking through challenging circumstances, there are some walking through major uh, sickness and medical events. Holy Spirit, let your presence just be with them right now. That even in the midst of sickness, which comes with disappointment, which can come with worry, uncertainty, your purpose is still present even in the midst of their pain. And I just pray right now that they would know the way maker's presence in their life. Holy Spirit, just release to them again right now the love of the Father for them. Or those that have lost jobs or walk through the challenge of having to give up their jobs, the pain of what that has meant and the uncertainty that comes with not earning an income when the cost of living is so high, I just pray, Holy Spirit, that today you would stir the heart of faith within them. To know that even though God didn't send the circumstances, He certainly works His purpose into our adverse circumstances. Help us not to lose sight of you being present in the midst of what can be such a challenging time. Lord, you know every circumstance of every person who's listening today. Just help us to trust you, to trust your purposes to trust your plans in the midst of our circumstances. And even if it feels like we're taking the long way around, it's like, wouldn't it have been quicker, God? Could you not have just shown up a little bit sooner? It feels like this is a lengthy season. We just say, God, you know best. You know best in our hearts and what's right for us. And so we just say today, simply again, we trust you. We trust you. We trust you. In Jesus' name. Thank you.